Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank God for the opportunity to, to sit in front of you and share the word of God with you this evening. And I thank also Pastor Andreas for allowing me to share the word with you. Uh, what I want to share with you uh, briefly is the teaching that I was doing myself uh, during this period of August as I was seeking the Lord and waiting on the Lord, praying for certain matters in my life and my ministry. And the phrase came, God gave me the answer, told me the answer is in the glory. And uh, from that time, I begin to meditate much on that and think deeply about the glory of God. So what I want to share with you this evening is walking and living in the atmosphere of God's glory. This is my topic, walking and living in the atmosphere of God's glory. The word glory, uh, as most of us, we know the definition of glory in the Hebrew is kabod, which means wet. The same word is also used in the sense of splendor, abundance, or honor. So in the Hebrew, they call glory kabod, which means the wet. And it means also the splendor or the abundance the honor. And we said the glory of God is like the weight of God. In the Greek, the glory means doxa, which means majesty. It speaks also of God's majesty and supreme authority. So when we put, we take the two words from the Hebrew and from the Greek, we combine them, we can say that the glory of God is the combination of all his attributes and the majestic brilliance of his presence. When we take all the attributes of God together, is the fullness of God. We call it the glory. We know God is called Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides what we need. Jehovah Rapha, the God, our healer. We know is El Shaddai. All those attributes of God that we know. When you put them together, it represents the fullness of God. We call it the glory. You know, sometimes when people operate in the church, there is a time that we see the operation of the anointing, which is different from the operation of the glory, because the anointing is the portion of God, is the power of God. But when the glory comes, it's not just one portion of God, but it's the fullness of God that takes control of every situation. And, uh, and uh, the glory is the nature of God, is the fullness of God. In other words, I can say the glory of God is the atmosphere of heaven. When you go in heaven, there is an atmosphere of in heaven, which is called the glory. On the earth, the atmosphere of the earth is called the air, the air that we are breathing. This is the atmosphere of the earth. But in heaven, the atmosphere is what we call the glory. They don't use the air to breathe, but they live by the glory. And here on the earth, we live by the oxygen that we have. This is the difference between the heaven and the earth. And when the atmosphere of heaven comes here on the earth, every place that that atmosphere comes, 
Every kind of darkness must disappear. Demons are flying. Sickness disappear. The chains are broken because heaven is coming down on the earth. What is not in heaven cannot resist the atmosphere of glory. Anything that not exists in heaven cannot withstand the atmosphere of glory. In the glory of God, in the fullness of God, every need are met. Everything is complete. In the glory, we see the things that are going beyond the capacity of man. And the glory of God is also in, in a, uh, how can I call it, environment. It is a spiritual environment that God wants us to live. You know, God, before he creates anything, if you read the book of Genesis at the beginning, you will find out that before God created anything, the first thing that God created was the environment for that thing to live and to survive. He never created something before the environment. For example, God created, he, he prepared first the place. He created the ground before he created the plant and the trees. First of all, there was an environment where the plant will live. He created forest and vegetation before he created animals. He did not create animals before the forest. Always the environment comes before the thing that he wants to create. God created oceans and rivers before he created fishes and other creatures that lives in the water. God created heaven before he created the stars and the planets that we know. So we need to understand that the environment, God created it before he creates the, the thing. Even for man, before God creates, created man, he created, first of all, the environment when that man will live. It was the environment of God's glory. The first man, Adam, was living in the glory. He was clothed by the glory. God created that environment for him to live before his creation. And uh, we need to understand that when something is removed from its natural environment, you don't need to kill it. It will die by itself. You take the fish out of the water. You will not do any effort to kill it. That fish will die after some hours or some days because the environment for the fish to live and to survive is only the water. So anything that is misplaced from its original environment will die. It's the same thing with man. Man was designed to live in the very presence of God, in the environment of God's glory. The moment we move from that environment, we become vulnerable. We cannot resist certain things because we cannot live outside of that environment. Outside of God's presence, we become weak, vulnerable, and unproductive. As I was thinking about the, the situation, the days are going darker and darker. We see this world is changing. We are facing different kind of opposition in this time that we are living. And when you think about your children, you think about your family, you think about people around you, you think about people in the church, you, you think about what is happening, and then you begin to say, God, how will we live and overcome, resist in this season? God was speaking to me, Frank, the answer is in the glory. 
when men are outside of my glory they are vulnerable when they, they live inside the they carry that atmosphere this is where they can be protected and let's read one scripture the glory of god is our defense the glory i would like you to to write this thing don't forget it the glory of god is our defense remember i told you the glory is the atmosphere of heaven so when you carry that atmosphere here on earth the glory becomes your defense in the book of isaiah chapter 4 verse 5 i would like us to read it from king james version because i like the way it is written in king james version more than in other versions i'm reading from king james versions isaiah chapter 4 verse 5 and the lord will create upon every dwelling place of mount zion and upon a assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense so the bible says, upon all the glory shall be a defense the lord will create upon his people on mount zion but i like the way the scripture is finishing the glory shall be a defense the glory of god is what was protecting the people of israel they were even living in in the desert outside no walls no buildings exposed to wind exposed to the heat of the sun the night and day but these people were not sick nothing bad was happening to them because the glory of god was the defense the glory can defend you against sickness the glory of god is our defense against demonic attacks the glory of god is our defense against economic recession the glory of God is our defense against poverty and lack. The glory of God can defend us against marital conflicts. The glory, when it's present, it will defend us from many things that we cannot do with our human ability. Because the Bible says that the glory will be a defense. Anything that is not the will of God coming against us, when we face the glory of God, that atmosphere around us, it cannot hurt us. In the book of Psalm, chapter uh, Psalm 105, verse 37 to 39, I want to reinforce what I read before. I'm adding something on top. Psalm 105, 37 to 39, from New King James Version. Bible says, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was no feeble among his tribes pay attention to that phrase there was none feeble among his tribes egypt was glad when they departed for fear of them had fallen upon them he spread a cloud for a covering and the fire to give light in the night see the people of israel this david speaking about them what god did with them as they were leaving egypt god spread his glory upon them and the egyptian could not maintain them in slavery because the atmosphere was already changed upon them and the bible said because of that atmosphere they went with favor with silver and gold and no one was feeble among them despite of the age 
even the only people who were 90 years old, 100 years old, even the, the babies, all of them, they were strengthened because there was something around them, something upon them that was giving them strength and maintaining them. That was the glory. The glory of God was upon his people to protect them. Even when it's raining, the rain will do no damage to the earth. Nothing because the atmosphere of glory was upon them. And even Egypt could not maintain that because when the glory comes on you, anything that controls you must lose you because you cannot be bound in the atmosphere of glory. Anything evil will lose you. The first man, Adam, was living here on earth, but he was carrying the atmosphere of heaven on him. Nothing could harm him. He was covered by the glory of God and his nakedness was not exposed until the day he lost that glory. He was living with wild animals like lion, like, like, like the bear, all these animals that we are afraid of them today. Those animals could not hurt him before he lost the glory because the glory was protecting him. He was carrying heaven on the earth. He was like God here on the earth. Adam was not sick. Adam was not attacked by anything because of the glory until the moment he lost the glory. And we thank God for Jesus. When Jesus came, he came to restore us, bring us back to God, to restore that relationship, that glory that we have lost. He brought it back to us. And, and he said himself that the glory that you gave to me, I gave to them. Jesus gave us the glory. There is a difference between us today and the people of the Old Testament. The difference is, then they were able only to experience the glory that God was sending by his own sovereignty. Because we have, we have two dimensions of glory. The dimension that God himself releases his glory by his own sovereignty. Without you asking, God just releases glory among his people. But there is a second dimension that the glory is within us, we unlock it, and we begin to walk with that atmosphere. We are much privileged in the new covenant because we have Jesus inside of us. The Bible says that Jesus himself is the reflection of God's glory. When you see Jesus, you see the glory of God. John said that I saw the Son of Man, God walking, and we saw the glory. It was the reflection of God's glory. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you have received the glory of God within you. You become the dwelling temple of the glory of God. So there is glory already within you. The Holy Spirit within us is the presence of God's glory in us. We are different from people of Old Testament. We are different from Moses, from David, from Jacob, from, from Daniel, all of them. They did not carry the glory within them. They were receiving the glory outside as a benefit of God's love. But we today, we have all the two dimensions. God can move by his own sovereignty among us, but without that, God has given us the glory inside of us. All of us, as we are sitting here, we have the glory inside of us. But now the problem is the glory within us needs to be unlocked. And there is a price to pay to unlock that glory. And this is what God is, I believe God is calling his church now to, 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 to come back to themselves, to repent for many things and unlock this treasure 
that God has given to us to overcome in this season that we are now. Because the church was focusing to many other stuff, forgetting the connection, the real connection with God. And God can allow the shaking to come. That you sit, you begin to think, you see, there is no other solution for me to survive unless God helped me. And God is saying, you, you have the solution within you. The glory is inside of you. You need to learn, to practice, to release that atmosphere. And things will begin to change around you. And that requires a price. It will not happen automatically. There is a price attached to that. So I think that you understand the two differences that I said here about the glory. The dimension of the glory that God releases himself by his own sovereignty. For example, we are in the church or we are in a family, we pray and the glory comes. It's God himself doing that. But there is a dimension that you don't wait for God to do it yourself, you unlock it. And you begin to carry that everywhere you enter, every building you enter, everywhere in the marketplace, at the university, everywhere you go, you carry that, you know yourself that I work for this to be unlocked in me and I carry it wherever I am to represent correctly my God. And what are the keys for us to unlock the glory that is within us? First key that I can share with you, number one, is crucifying the flesh and maintaining the life of holiness. Crucifying the flesh and maintaining the life of holiness. When the, because the flesh is the, the, the first barrier to that glory. Jesus is inside of you. The life of God is already inside of us. The light of God is already inside. But the barrier is our flesh that prevents that glory to express, to come out. And God wants us to crucify our flesh. Like the a man like Paul who says that I, I, I put my flesh under subjection, under discipline. See, so there is a price to pay. There is a discipline to develop. And you see a man like Paul, that people were coming even to touch his body with handkerchief. They put on his skin. They go, they apply on the, the sick people. They were healed because this man has unlocked the glory that was inside of him. But the key was to put your body under discipline. It's the first key. And maintaining the life of holiness. Number two is by developing great intimacy with the Holy Spirit in worship through prayer and fasting intimacy makes you one you are mingling together developing great intimacy with the holy spirit in worship and through prayer and fasting this will facilitate the unlocking of the glory the time we spent in worship the time we spent in intimacy with the holy spirit developing the life of prayer and fast fast help you to break the power of flesh and allow God to move through your life. And uh, number three is obeying God, God's word. It is by obedience to the word of God that we see the glory also moving in our life. The people who disobey God, the church today has lost the glory because of disobedience to God's word. Because we, we do what we want to do. We don't follow God's word. And when people disobey God's word, they cannot express, they cannot, they, they hinder the manifestation of his glory. His glory departs from them. Obeying God's word, number five, number four, I don't know, by walking in love. Walking in love facilitates the expression of God's glory. And number six, by believing and trusting God's word. 
There's a difference between obeying God's word and believing God's word and trusting. Jesus said to Mary, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Because myself, I am the resurrection and life. As I'm speaking to you, you get to believe and trust my word, if you believe. So that glory was, was conditioned by believing and trusting the word of God. The time that we are living now, there are many opposition, many things that are coming. I was blessed by two Sundays of teaching that Pastor Andreas brought about faith. So powerful teaching. See that the, 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 the things that we see, one thing that I, I kept in that, teaching is that never commit the mistake to bring the battle of faith in the natural realm. Keep it in the realm of faith. Because when you bring it in the natural, you begin to see all the indication, everything that the nature is showing to you, you will fail. It's the same way if we want to see the glory of God in this season that we are, we need to remain in the realm of faith. Trusting the word of God and believing the word, and the glory will we're gonna see impossible things happening becoming possible. Why? Because it is a condition. Things that are dead will not be restored unless we believe and we trust God's word. And the last one is by developing great hunger for the glory of God. When we lose the hunger, we can't see the glory. Someone who is hungry to live in that atmosphere, every time he will spend time in God's presence, every time he'll do his best to obey the word of God, every time he'll do his best to crucify his flesh, every time he'll do his best to trust the word of God. So all this stuff, you apply them with the, when you have a hunger, without the great hunger, you cannot see or release. That glory is already within us, but we need to learn how to release it and have great influence in every place that God is sending us. So the glory is available for everyone today, but we need only to pay the price for so that we may be able to experience it. As the day goes darker and darker, we need to shine by expressing the glory of God in our communities. We have the responsibility to help our communities, to help our families, to help our world, but we need to shine by expressing the glory of God into our communities. In the glory, people are preserved, people are revived, and people are protected. The world needs to see the demonstration of the glory of God through us in order for them to be attracted to the light of Jesus. If the world see the demonstration of the glory through our life, they will be attracted to the light of Jesus. And the moment the glory departs, we become vulnerable. We lose boldness. The Ichabod church will not be able to exercise authority over darkness. It is impossible. An Ichabod church, the time that we are living now, it is a very dangerous time. And we see that the church looks like an Ichabod church. And that church is becoming so powerless to exercise authority over the works of darkness. Remember in the Bible, if you read in the book of, uh, I think, 1 Samuel chapter 4, yeah, it must be 1 Samuel chapter 4, from verse 1 to 10, you will see the story of Israel. When they lost the glory, the day of Ichabod, the, the, the ark was taken by the Philistines. In one day, they lost 30,000 people. In one day, 30,000 people died. Why? For one reason. They have lost the glory. You see what can happen to us? happen to our world when the glory is not present. 
the, 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 the rate of death will increase. Things will die, business will die, communities will die, churches will die, many things because the, the defense is in the glory of God. When we carry that atmosphere, we can resist any attempt of the enemy, any plans of darkness to attack our world. So our mission in this family of Alpha and Omega, I think all of us, we know it, is to extend the influence of God's kingdom into our community. All of us here, we are, we are leaders, and we have that responsibility as part of this family to do all our best to extend the influence. You see that we're extending the influence, not our own influence, but the influence of the kingdom of God. And you have to know, because it is not my influence, it is the influence of the kingdom of God. How can I extend it? You cannot extend the influence of the kingdom of God without the power of the kingdom. It is impossible. It is with the power of the kingdom that we can extend the influence of the kingdom. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 4, 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. We cannot extend the influence of God's kingdom without the power of God, the power of the kingdom. And people who are carrying that atmosphere, people who are sanctified and set apart, they can carry it and we extend the influence. It is not only the pastors or the preachers, all of us, you are in the marketplace, you are a teacher, you are a medical doctor, you are a counselor, anything that you are doing, you have the responsibility. But you need to bring the atmosphere of heaven where you are, where God has appointed you to be. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Corinth, in the book of 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 3, verse 4, he said that I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Even though he was weak in the flesh, even though he was not great, not man of influence, not rich, he was just a simple guy. He was not much eloquent. But he said that my speech was not in the persuasive words of human wisdom, but demonstration of the spirit, number one, and the power. When he speaks about the demonstration of the spirit, he speaks about the operation of the gift, like the word of knowledge, the prophecy, and uh, discernment. This is the operation, demonstration of the spirit. The moment we we move in that atmosphere, we prophesy, we listen to the voice of God, we give direction. This is the demonstration of the spirit. And beside that is the demonstration of power. When we pray for healing, for deliverance, all this stuff. And this is what the apostle Paul was saying. He was saying that the kingdom, we must bring them in our community, but they are keys. So I think that uh, what I wanted to share with you is this one, is, is what I said. I don't have much, I don't want to add much things, but my heart, what is crying in my heart all this time? God told me as I was I was seeing my family and seeing what is happening around. The children are going to school. Oh, the teacher is sick. Oh no, so that one is dead. Many things are happening and things are going down. We, we, we are struggling financially. Many things around us. You don't know what to do. But God come, came to tell me, you know, there is answer inside of you. The glory of God is what will bring the answer. No one can even help you unless heaven touches that person. So you, when you activate the glory, the glory will attract even people's attention on you, even people's generosity on you. So 
the glory is the key to protect us. And God wants all of us to know we have that treasure inside of us. We can unlock it, develop it, carry that atmosphere and become a blessing wherever we are. So this is what I wanted to share with you. I will finish by praying that the Lord gives us the hunger. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your words that you gave us this evening. You want us to unlock the glory that is hidden within us, the potential, the blessing, the treasure that you place in us. As human beings, we know sometimes it's difficult for us to put ourselves under discipline and pay the price. Our generation does not like the price, but I pray God that you help us to, to develop this hunger for your glory and be willing to pay the price to unlock this glory and walk with this atmosphere in our life. I pray for my brother and my sister who received this word to receive the impartation of your grace to work and to sit under your presence to unlock this glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.